you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome, everybody. It's now week 16 of the NFL season. My name is Peter Schrager. I'm the host of this podcast. We call it The Season with Peter Schrager. I'm joined by my producer, Aaron Wong Kaufman, who is out in the the boondocks of Maine. Aaron, uh, I'm, I'm looking at you in a log cabin. I know it's holiday time, but there's like weird lights going on. Are you... What's what? Where what is your situation right now? So I'm up at my parents' place for the holidays, and okay. I am in <clears throat> like my dad's workshop, his wood shop, um, and uh, we have no power because there were huge storms last night, so we're we're running off generators. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know New York got hit too with a bunch of stuff and like yeah, flooding in New like, York, dude. I, I first of all, thank you. I love the fact that you still found a way to get on. You used a generator. Thoughts and prayers. Obviously, we always give thoughts and prayers, what we do. Um, but this is cool. I, Aaron, a week ago at this time, we had Sean Stellato on our podcast. It was <clears throat> the first time a lot of people had ever heard of Sean Stellato. It was fresh off his Monday night appearance. What a difference a week makes. In the week that followed, our clip of Sean Stellato being interviewed on the season with Peter Schrager not only ran on... Uh, the Today Show. They also ran on NBC with Willie Geist uh, on their Sunday show. He did a whole thing on it. But more importantly, Sean Starr uh, like, was like a, what would you even call like in the, uh, the, in the, like, ass- a, like a supernova. <laughs> a supernova is perfect. All right. Because it bursts. Let me explain. Supernova in that after doing our show, he did Pat McAfee's show, which of course got big love. I think he did part of my interruption with the or uh, uh, with with Wilbon and Court. Maybe he didn't do that. Maybe he was on another ESPN show. I'm sorry. Then he did Barstool in Chicago. I saw them taking photos with him, the PMT guys who I love. Uh, 
Then Jimmy Fallon on Friday night did an entire spoof, not on DeVito, on Stellato. Like Stellato got so big that Fallon wasn't even like, here's the eight, here, here's Tommy, here's this quarterback in New York. He's like, no, here's the agent of the quarterback in New York. So then Stellato on Friday, Adam Schefter tweets it out. We knew it from the podcast last week. Stellato is the uh, inductee this year, one of many in a very distinguished class, to the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. Now, he goes in. It's in Chicago. He has a whole induction Friday. The Schefter posts the the news. Everyone has their their jokes or their kudos, all that. I think Stellato warmed up. A lot of people warmed up to Stellato over these interviews. They're like, all right, this guy has got two clients in the NFL right now. One of them is, is Tommy DeVito. You got to respect it. DeVito and him, it's a family thing. It's great. Sunday rolls around, and I'll give you a little behind the curtain. I've got to give a, I, I've done millions of interviews where people ask me, what's the differentiator between your good morning football work and your Fox NFL kickoff work? So on good morning football, Monday to Friday, I look at myself more as host, analyst, entertainer, content, insider. So when it comes to draft and like coaching hires, like I'll put on the insider hat first. Um, but Day to day, we have the services of Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero and Mike Garofalo. They're going to be the ones who are going to tell you if Jalen Hurts is uh, going through a sickness. They're going to be the ones to tell you that Shaq Leonard might actually sign with the Eagles or the Cowboys. Like that's the on the weekends. I am insider. That is my role. Insider on Fox. We've got a show, and it's Carissa Thompson, the lovely, amazing Carissa Thompson, uh, with Julian Edelman, Charles Woodson, Michael Vick, and myself. It is. Us. It is not the four of them and then Schrager, you know, come in. I am in every segment and my job is to give you little info as we lead up to kickoff. There's a very specific role and I love it, but it's here is the stuff that you don't know yet. And I have done millions of interviews where I explain in that role, my sole purpose is in that A block from 7 a.m. Uh, or in this case, it's it's 11 a.m. Eastern till about 1110 the first six minutes are going to be those guys talking about the headlines and they're going to toss to me. And for four minutes, I want to give you, the viewers, three things you don't know yet. And you've already been watching NFL Network for five hours in your pregame getting ready. You've already been watching Schefter. He's already had three hits. What can I give that no one else has? And sometimes it's like the Kingsbury nugget from last year where I'm like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury bought a one-way ticket to Thailand and boom, there's my scoop. Another uh, example would be Trevor Lawrence last week in their game against Cleveland. Everyone's hedging their bets. Everyone's riding the fence. He might play, he might not. We're going to see. It's a game time decision. Well, inactives are out at 1130. I have no problem, you know, boasting and tooting my horn saying at 11 a.m. I come on Fox like Lawrence is going to play. Why? Because someone there in the team told me Lawrence is going to play. He's going to play. And he played. This week, come out there. I do a little... Couple, couple easy ones. I say, you know, here's the latest on Rogers. I give some nuggets that no one has on Rogers about how the week went and the conversations that are having. Okay, fine, check the box. All right, next thing, uh, Tyreek. We actually don't know yet, and I know that doesn't sound like news, but let me explain to you. This is truly as I'm speaking to you on TV at 11:05. He is working out as we speak. He'll give a thumbs up or thumbs down in about seven minutes. Come to me after commercial, which we did, and I said he's not going to play. Houston Texans, no Stroud, no Nico. They're up against it, but they love Case Keenum. Here's what Case Keenum did this week for you. But my scoop, 
My scoop of the week. If you will, if you want to get into the puns, my scoop du jour. I had Sean Stellato's outfit before anyone else had it. <laughs> I texted Stellato Sunday morning. I said, I know this sounds crazy. Send me whatever you're wearing. I want it. He's like, what? He goes, Send me whatever you're wearing on the field today. I want to be the first one to tweet it out. I want to be the first one to share it with the audience. Stellato, the mensch that he is, sends me this beautiful <laughs> green suit, green pants, Jordans, all laid out. And on the green suit, there is a turtleneck. On the green suit, there is a patch. And the patch is the official patch that you receive once you are a inducted member to the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. Now, I show this picture. 95% of the audience on Twitter loving it. Like, yes, this guy's been. 5% of them hating it. Like, this is enough. We're done. The craziest thing, and I have not followed up with Sean, because I will tell you, we, we'll, we'll close the loop on Sean in a bit. Someone told me they don't give out jackets there. What do you mean? No, they don't give They give out patches. They don't so, give out jackets. <laughs> Go on. So Friday he, morning, <laughs> he takes the patch and gets a custom-made jacket for it? Sounds like there was a sewing on situation, whether he already had the custom suit or it was a custom suit that was made specifically for the patch. I cannot confirm. I have not heard from Sean, but someone, and there are a lot of, let me tell you something, the agent community, if you think uh, high school uh, is, is, a, is a caddy community, wait till you talk to some agents and the love that I've been giving Sean Stellato and the fact that I had Sean Stellato, an agent on this podcast, I have heard from no less than 20 agents calling me a clown for having that guy on the podcast, but not, not highlighting the great work that I do with my clients. And I've got this guy who was undrafted and, and you know, went to Villanova, but then from Villanova had to walk onto the CFL and I've been with him to three, have me on the pocket. Stellato, Stellato stirs up a lot of feelings for people. Some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, I didn't watch the Manning cast. I don't typically watch the Manning cast. I, I, I usually have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on. I get really dialed in on the down and distance and all that stuff. Someone texted me that Peyton or Eli or both actually apologized for the oh. way they talked to talk down to <clears throat> Stellato last week, which I appreciate. Um, so then the game starts and the Saints sacks the, uh, you know, Tommy DeVito seven times as they're doing it. The Saints players are doing the, the whole fingers thing. And you can feel the kind of the balloon, you know, the air it's coming the, out. Coming out slowly. And then Darren Ravel takes, uh, if we're going to live in that world, takes a, 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 an absolute club to the knees to Stilato and to, tweets out the news that, that Tommy had a agreed upon pizza shop appearance for 10 grand and backed out because he needed more after the Packers win. And then it all feels like it's kind of wheezing on air right now. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't heard from Sean Stilato over the last 24 hours. I just texted him, hey, checking in on you. So I'm sure he's dealing with a lot of that. Um, moreover, the Giants announced they go, they're going back to DeVito for Christmas Day. So here was my, my thing. I know it feels like it might have hit its peak and now we're on the, we're, you know, we're going down. I'm not quite done with the Tommy DeVito story. If, 
If you take what happened to the Eagles over the last month, three straight losses, firing a defensive coordinator or reassigning a defensive coordinator, uh, world is melting in Philly, and the history that the Eagles and, and Giants have had over the last few years where the Eagles have just dominated the Giants in these games, I believe there is still some legs left in this DeVito story. If DeVito goes in to Philly on Christmas, beats the Eagles, it's a huge deal. But then they play the Rams, who are fighting for a playoff spot on New Year's Eve. If DeVito can do that, then they get the Eagles again the final week of the season. So as we thought that this thing might have died in New Orleans or it might be done and, okay, it's time for Tyrod Taylor, I am not done with DeVito. I still think there's a little bit more to the DeVito story and there could be a silver lining to all this thing where he plays spoiler now and the Giants have these wild three weeks where DeVito rides off into the sunset, into the offseason, gets a legitimate contract from the team, is the backup going forward, uh, or at the very least can compete for that starting job moving forward. But a wild, wild seven days. Uh, you know, Last Thursday, Tommy DeVito was on the front cover and the back cover of the New York Post. As much as we love the DeVito story and Sean Stilato, uh, not if we're doing the season with Peter Schrager, that was a last week story. I think this week... It's it's teams that are ascending and then teams that are melting down. And and it's amazing to me the difference what a couple of weeks make. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles have now lost three straight games. They have reassigned their defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, to some box upstairs. And I don't even know what his title is. They showed him on the ESPN broadcast. But the Eagles now have Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator. Their offense seems anemic. They've lost three straight games. They are suddenly this team in a crosshairs. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills, when they lost to the Eagles just three weeks ago, we were ready to write them off. They were done. They were in 13th place, I think, in the AFC. They are now the team that no one wants to see. We kind of laid it out on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And Aaron, as a Bills fan, I said to you, I'm like, like they're, they're the team I don't want to face, even after the loss against the Eagles. I'm like, they played well against the Eagles. And they still have a window to do this and they get the buy at the perfect time. And they just fired Ken Dorsey. And let's see chiefs win Cowboys win. They play the chargers this weekend in a game that they cannot lose. They play the Patriots. That would be four straight wins. They'd be knocking on the door. They'd be playing Miami in the final week of the season, which who knows what that could be. I just want to lay this out. Some of the games coming up in the next few weeks, this weekend, you have a dolphins Cowboys game on Sunday circle that. Huge. So big. On Monday night, you have Ravens at 49ers. Huge. Circle that. All right. The following week, you have Dolphins-Ravens. Circle it. You also have Bengals-Chiefs. Circle it. And then you have the Week 18 stuff where it's just absolute pandemonium as far as interdivisional games. I'm just saying this. The 18-week season is so freaking long. And yet they're the thinnest of margins and it changes week to week to week. Slap me next year, Aaron, if a team in week 11 or week 12 has a losing record and I'm like, they're done, they stink, whatever. Because I've learned it now with A, the Bengals, B, the Buffalo Bills, and C, my dear brother Sean McVay and his Los Angeles Rams. Those are three teams I don't want to see in the playoffs. And I didn't even mention the Browns and Flacco. So if we're doing the season, I have to be true to the season. It isn't decided in October. It's not even decided Thanksgiving. The season is decided in these weeks, the final five weeks of the season. And here we are. 
and uh, every game matters, and 30 teams are still alive. Only two have been eliminated. Actually, three. I think the Jets were eliminated now. But it's that wide open. It is that wild, and that's why we do this thing. Um, speaking of the schedule, I love our guest today. If you're a football wonk, you love this. If you are, are curious about where to find your teams and where you're going to be watching football over the holiday weekend, you're going to love this. With no further ado, it's one of our favorite guests on the podcast. He comes on time to time, especially during the scheduling part of the season where we get that schedule announcement, usually the week leading up to, and then we do a little postscript afterwards. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys who works for the league. He is the VP of scheduling and planning and broadcasting. And I messed that all up, but uh, you get the point. He's our guy, Mike North. Welcome back to the season with Peter Schrager. Morning, buddy. How are you doing today? I'm good. Is it insulting when someone just botches your title like that? Or is it like, oh, we're all friends. You know what? So let's just keep titles on are t- Titles are silly, right? We're, we're all in, all of us, on everything. And there are days when my job is nothing but scheduling. And there are days when the job really has nothing to do with scheduling. And we're all about interacting with the clubs or a stadium manager or a field operator or the officiating department or a million other things going on. So it, it depends on the day. But... Basically, we're all in this together, and we're all just uh, hoping for good outcomes every weekend. I thought this would be a great week to have you because we have this really interesting back-to-back weeks of unorthodox scheduling where there's games that are on Saturdays, but also uh, you know Monday night games are still in play. And then we head to the Christmas holiday where, gosh, I, it, it's hard to get my head all right. We do have a Thursday night game. As we record this, you have a really good one, Saints at Rams. Take us through the rest of the Christmas weekend, a lot of listeners are still in their week 15 brains as they cl- listen in on this on Tuesday and Wednesday. What is up ahead and how you guys sort of saw this from a 30 foot, 30,000 foot lens? Yeah, I mean, you, you you talk about unorthodox windows, if that's the right word for it. I think these unorthodox windows are becoming orthodox, <laughs> um, you know, the uh, 9.30 a.m. games at one point were, uh, what are you guys doing? The Thursday night schedule was new to everybody. It wasn't that long ago, right? Most of our games were Sundays at 1 and 4 o'clock. So always looking to spread out the quality inventory, always looking to have uh, football on television for our fans to watch, particularly as you get down the stretch here, like you were just, I think, alluding to. It is the most wonderful time of the year, yeah. right? All these games matter. You know, best laid plans in May. Some things we got right. Some things the crystal ball was a little cloudy, but all these games matter down the stretch. So having an opportunity to kind of spread them out across the weekend instead of all of them concentrated at 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday, where it's still a great experience for the fan to be flipping around and trying to follow everything, whether it's for your fantasy football playoffs or your favorite team making a playoff run. But if we can kind of spread them out a little bit, get them into more national windows, we can almost kind of reintroduce some of these teams to the fans as we head into the playoffs. There are teams, obviously, you know, Dallas, Kansas City, those guys are on national television quite a bit. So I don't think fans don't know who the quarterbacks of those teams are. Um, But some of these other teams, as you come down the stretch here, are going to get a chance to play in national windows and almost kind of reintroduce themselves to the fans as we head into January because some of these guys might be making pretty deep playoff runs. So you mentioned it uh, starts on Thursday this week. Saints-Rams, big one in the NFC. Um, We head into... Uh, the weekend with uh, Saturday games. Um, look, the Saturdays, we, we play on Saturdays late in the season, right? We always, always have. have. I um, remember going back to when decades. I was a kid loving those Saturday games once the college season ended. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's great. Like we said, those are games that are otherwise going to get lost on a Sunday afternoon. Um, 
Last weekend was a what I would call a traditional Saturday afternoon where we played the NFL Network triple header. Um, got some serendipitous breaks for us to have all six of those teams playoff relevant, sure. all three of those games being pretty impactful. Um, this weekend, a little bit different um, because the Sunday night window is Christmas Eve. NBC approached us and asked if they could look at moving to Saturday, something we were considering. And then the conversations really kind of solidified around Peacock and Peacock joining in the family now um, as a wild card site, as a host of a wild card game. So wanted to think about with NBC the right way to kind of introduce to fans that this is here to stay. And so what we're doing this Saturday is sort of a dry run for wildcard weekend. We're okay. going to do big NBC Saturday afternoon, 4.30, and it's going to lead in, drive in, promote into a Peacock game on Saturday night. And obviously wildcard, we're going to know the six wildcard games. We're going to dole them out strategically across the weekend and across the partners. But this one was a little tougher. We had to pick a game in May that we thought was going to make sense for big NBC on Saturday afternoon, and then was going to lead into a Peacock game Saturday night, first time we're having a regular season game on Peacock, and looked for that uh, you know typical Sunday night football late in the season. Steelers-Bengals just sounded right. Uh, we're there. It's obviously a little different than what we thought it was going to look like with a couple of backup quarterbacks, but both teams still squarely in it. So that Steelers-Bengals late season, um, you know, decide playoff positioning feels good yeah. for NBC, sure. big NBC Saturday. And then that leads into the Peacock game. Back in May, kind of took a flyer on a game like Bill's Chargers. Felt like those were two teams that might be there down the stretch. Big, exciting uh, storylines, quarterbacks, and like we said, hopefully playoff implications. Obviously, losing Justin Herbert hurts, but heck, the Bills might right. be the most exciting team in the league right now. So, um, yeah, big NBC leading into wild card. I'm sorry, leading into Peacock. Uh, this Saturday coming up, and then we're going to run it back on wildcard weekend. Big NBC okay. leading in the peak. Interesting. So this is all new to me. So good questions here from from your man, Schrager. Uh, the broadcast teams, though, I saw we had Melissa Stark on, and I've been talking to Tariko. They're on the Peacock call this week on on the Peacock app, and you can find it streaming, obviously, everywhere. On the NBC call, do you guys know the announcers yet for that Steelers-Bengals game? I think it's the Notre Dame crew. Okay. I, I, I okay. think. That's a uh, that's on. That's an NBC job, question. But, that's an Ani question. Um, but interesting to note, you're not going to get your familiar Collinsworth and Tarico on big NBC. You're going to get them on Peacock. But when we go to the playoffs, it's also going to be back to back Peacock into NBC. The same thing, or we don't it, know yet. It's definitely going to be from a scheduling standpoint. It's definitely going to be big NBC in the afternoon, leading into Peacock. I think we're all going to see how this weekend goes before we determine, you know, the right sequencing of the games. Do you want the bigger game? in the afternoon on broadcast leading into driving, promoting into the streaming game? Or if you really want to get people excited about the streaming product, do you put the better game there? I mean, that will certainly get a lot of attention. What These are the same kind of conversations wow. we have all the time, as you know, trying to find the best use of each of these games. Um, yeah, look, Tariko, Tariko's a machine. That guy Isn't is a legend. He'll do <laughs> he'll anything, do any, anywhere, he'll, do, anytime. he'll find a way to do the Peacock game in um, Cincinnati, I, Pittsburgh. I think and he volunteered. The other uh, it's a better question for you if you talk to somebody from NBC, but, but I think, you know, it just shows NBC's commitment to the Peacock uh, experience that uh, they're going to put the the regular Sunday night crew, including the talent on the Peacock. Games. And we've kind of so, had a dry run with the Amazon and we've had ESPN plus uh, with the Jaguars Falcons over in London earlier this year. So we're kind of getting more and more used to the streaming. Uh, you know, for a fact, this is going to be one where everyone is going to be tweeting and asking where the hell do I find this game? Um, 
it, it's it's an interesting discussion now with the Bills still having a lot of relevance and the Chargers being down. Was there any discussion of flipping those two and saying maybe putting Bills Chargers on uh, at the four thirty window and maybe flopping Steelers Bengals to the later one? Uh, I'm sure there was. Um, I, I don't think it was really that serious. I think the idea all along was the you know call it traditional, if you will, like the more traditional late season divisional battle sounds like the broadcast television offering. And then, like you said, we've been dipping our toe into the water on streaming for years. Um, certainly Amazon has demonstrated the ability to deliver, you know, broadcast level numbers on Thursday night. So the streaming is uh, obviously strategic, obviously important, but but also here to stay. Um, I think this is the new normal. And like you said, what used to be non-traditional windows, non-traditional broadcast partners, I think these things are going to become more traditional down the road. And I think, like we said, Bill's Chargers in May sounded fun, felt fun, still relevant. It's still good. Obviously, uh, didn't didn't necessarily see Easton stick in our crystal ball. But, um, you know, the Bills still have everything to play for and are playing really good. Um, so I think it's it's still going to be fun for the fans to find. And, and you're right. If, if fans are still wondering at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, where's this game? We haven't done a good enough yeah. job yeah. promoting it and explaining it's it. It's part of the so. reason why we have you on today to kind of help you know spread the word. Always happy to do it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's Saturday. Then we go to Christmas Eve, which is this real interesting kind of mesh of traditional Sunday, but then an interesting wrinkle at night. Am I wrong? 
No, no, you got it 100% right. Once NBC kind of approached us with, hey, is there a way to move off of Sunday Night Football that weekend? And, and they've played on Christmas Eve before. They've played on Christmas Day before. Like, sometimes the calendar just falls where it falls on NFL days. But once we started thinking about moving NBC, um, big NBC to Saturday to use it as, to drive into Peacock, we had a Sunday night window where, you know, like you said, most Sundays we play on Sunday night after a usual CBS and Fox afternoon slate. And that's where uh, an NFL network opportunity comes in. You talk about unorthodox windows. Think about all the different places NFL network's been this year with the 9.30 a.m.s and then the triple set header on Saturday. Now we've got Christmas Eve. Um, they're, they're sort of the glue that kind of holds it all together when there's a window that is appropriate for NFL football uh, on NFL network, uh, you know, broadcast crew and talent. It, it sounds like football. It feels like football. Obviously, Patriots Broncos isn't uh, everything we hoped it would be back in May, but the Broncos are still squarely sure in are. this thing. So, um, you know, lucky enough to have all these windows with at least one, if not two teams still in playoff contention. Uh, and then all that will still then uh, leave another triple header for Monday for Christmas. We had phenomenal success last year. Yep. I think you and I talked about this in May. We always talk about the incredible viewership and, and ratings for NFL games, uh, whatever it is, 48 of the top 50, 97 of the top 100. Maybe the most impressive rating from last year might have been that Broncos-Rams Christmas game. We talked about it. It was a Two dog of a game. Two teams kind of playing out the string and, and still 23, 25 million people watching. So uh, this year, the triple header um, shaping up to be pretty sexy. Uh, really excited about this. Um, I, again, I think we talked about this in May. Kind of go out to the clubs and ask who'd be interested. Yep. Um, how do you think your fans would react to coming out on Christmas? And uh, Kansas City and Philly both kind of put their hands up. San Francisco as well. And then you try to slot in the right opponents and yeah, you got three games that are pretty relevant for just about everybody and culminating slate. with maybe, maybe game of the year type stuff when you're thinking about Ravens Niners on Monday night. Think about that. Ravens at Niners, Monday night, Christmas day, Christmas evening. Yep. But like, I'm going to go backwards. You got Cowboys Dolphins on Sunday. And that's yeah, good point. Shouldn't gloss over right? that. Like, of course. That's a monster game also in the middle of, of, of the, the sandwich that is. But three days, was that? So is that moving forward or is it just because, well, obviously, because Christmas falls on a Monday, but are we going to yeah. always do a Christmas Day triple header now, you think? I, I don't know about always. I mean, I think Christmas is a Wednesday next year, so I'm not sure we're going to uh, not sure we're going to get in there. Um, but there's going to be days when Christmas falls on, you know, normal NFL days, quote unquote, like on a Thursday in a couple of years, like Amazon will be there. Would there be room for another game in the afternoon? Maybe. Um, but when it falls on like this Saturday, Sunday, Monday, kind of in our traditional wheelhouse, um, yeah, if we've got the inventory, if we feel like we can still make decent Sunday afternoon schedules, like you hinted at, you know, you take, you take all the best inventory off of Sunday and you put it on Thursday or Saturday or Monday, what's left for Sunday afternoon? That's still the lifeblood of this league. That's still where most fans, you know, watch their home team at one o'clock and then a big doubleheader, like you said, a Cowboys Dolphins game this Sunday at 430. Um, you don't want to take all the inventory off of Sunday just as you're trying to populate these other windows. You got to leave some good stuff behind still for, like you said, the traditional, the orthodox windows. Yeah. So it's all one big dance, one big sort of accordion, uh, a little more, a little less, a little more flexibility, and just trying to hopefully hit on the the right games and the right windows when you finally get to them here six months, eight months, seven months after, you know, the schedule came out. All right. So, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by this stuff. I'm, I may be more fascinated in the broadcasting and scheduling than the actual football themselves. You and I always are talking on this podcast, but I also try to, like, text you one-off questions I have. So to explain... 
why you wouldn't get a flex out of Christmas Eve, you know, Broncos, Patriots. That game's on NFL Network. It's not NBC. It's not Fox. It's not Amazon. It's not Monday Night Football. NFL Network isn't going to be able to flex out of anything. So we take what we get, and it's Patriots, Broncos. It's still Belichick on Christmas Eve, and it's still Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, which now becomes a little saucier after what we saw on the sideline last weekend. Yeah, fascinating storylines all around. And we talked, you know, or I talked a a week or two ago with – Peter King, Jimmy Trainer, we were talking about flexing out of that Patriots Monday night game, which we did, which was Eagles Seahawks last night. Um, you know, anybody still wanting to follow the Patriots are going to have their opportunity. They were on Thursday night last week. They're on Sunday night this week and still playing hard, right? Held the Chargers to, you know, six points or whatever it was, went and gave the Chiefs all they could handle. I mean, they're still playing hard. And anybody who doubts that, you know, just tune in and watch. They are playing hard. And like you said, Denver after that start, um, still in this thing. Definitely an interesting sideline. And side it's good line, theater, uh, right? Like Peyton and Russ you are good theater. And, yeah. and it's funny, that loss I talked about on Good Morning Football yeah. today. If they win, they're in the playoffs right now. If they had won against Detroit, right? They're in. Yeah. The loss yeah. knocks them all the way down to 11th in the AFC and they're four and five in the conference behind even Pittsburgh. Yeah. It just shows what a thin That's what margin. happens, how everybody's bunched up so it's tight. So like crazy. one game makes all the difference. Um, so crazy. But uh, still a chance to get healthy. And, and just to go back on one thing you said, um, you know, Correct, we don't have flexible scheduling for Sunday night. But when you say, I know you're half joking, but NFL Network, we get what we get. Don't forget, you guys have a form of flexible scheduling too, right? I was talking about, we don't have the On Sunday night, you get what you get. Yes, that is true. You get what you get. But even the TBD stuff on Saturday, you know, like we said, allowed us to pick three of five, get three good games on for NFL Network. And I think our fans, our clubs, our stadium operators, and our broadcasters are kind of getting used to this concept of TBD. You have to be a little bit flexible. We all do. Everything's written in pencil and we're guessing, you know, six months ago, which of these games are going to matter. Um, and then we haven't gotten there yet, but as we look ahead to week 18, literally every game is TBD. All 16 games, week 18, could be Saturday, could be Sunday, could be Sunday night. I think this TBD flexibility decide when we get closer, shorter runway obviously helps us put the right games in the right window. Okay, this is interesting. So we're in week 16 now. We just went through the slate. Are there Saturday games on week 17? Are there Saturday games on Week 17? There are. There are. Uh, again, a, a little uh, non-traditional. Okay. Uh, we're not playing the NFL Network triple header. Okay. But we're playing ESPN Monday Night Football on Saturday on night. On Saturday night. Monday, January 1, traditional bowl games. They've got, I think, the two CFP semifinals. Got it. So we're going to move the Monday Night Football game from Week 17 to Saturday night. To December 30th. And again, 30th. talk about rolling the dice. That's December 30th. And that's Detroit, Dallas. And so, again, in Jeez. May, you know, Lions, Cowboys, you hoped was going to be pretty relevant down the stretch. It's probably bigger than that's we could have expected. That's a monster game. Could have two teams playing for the one seed, depending on what happens on Christmas out in San Fran. So, um, yeah, that'll be a Saturday game, Week 17. It'll be Saturday night only. And then a full slate of Sunday, including Sunday night on NBC. No NFL game on Monday of Got Week it. 17. The good news is that'll allow us to set the week 18 schedule Put it Sunday night, Sunday night yep. instead of Monday night. So everybody gets a 24 hour head start on planning and uh, charters, hotels, tickets, travel. You call it an accordion. I think it's a it's a beautiful puzzle. Like it's a, it's cool to watch it unfold. I love dissecting it. That game, that Saturday night game is a huge one. Lions Cowboys. Did you say that's on ESPN or ESPN plus? What's the is it streaming? Is it not? I just want to get it all in my head. That one's on ESPN and ABC. That one's okay. simulcast on Great. both. Like they've done for most of the Monday nights this year. Um, That's a monster game, dude. 
Monster game. Monster game. They've had some big ones, obviously. Philly KC was awesome. Um, I do think Christmas night is going to be great with Balt San Fran. And to finish it up with Detroit Dallas is a, it's a pretty good run for our friends from Disney. Oh, my God. Disney doing flips right now. Okay. Not to get too ahead of ourselves. Playoffs. We now have the seven teams in the AFC, the seven teams in the NFC. You have the one seed getting buys, meaning that wild card round is an absolute beauty. And I love the fact there's so much football. What are the days in the windows for the playoffs this year? Yeah, a couple of years ago when we expanded the playoffs and expanded the regular season, we locked into a wild card weekend of two games on Saturday, 4.30 and 8, three games on Sunday, 1 o'clock, 4.30, 8 o'clock, the usual, and then a Monday night wild card game. We've had a couple of good ones there. It was uh, Rams, Cardinals, I think, the and first last year, year and then obviously Dallas-Tampa Dallas, yeah. last year. Uh, could be heading straight back for Dallas-Tampa again, I know. maybe. We'll I see. know. Let's see if Philly uh, can, also uh, think, can uh, keep that from I, I think you even texted me, right? I think you texted me. We might be heading for Rams-Lions. Jared Stafford Goff, returns. Matthew Stafford. Come on. How interesting would that be <laughs> on Wild Card Weekend? Uh, and plus, you think about some of these brands now, you know, with only one buy, as you mentioned, you know, you're probably looking at a Wild Card Weekend that's going to include the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Chiefs. I mean, these are going to be really good Major games, logos. hopefully, and a lot of te- a lot of fan interest. So as you dole those out across the weekend, like we talked about, we'll learn a little bit from NBC this weekend coming up with big NBC in the afternoon leading into Peacock. We'll do that again wild card okay. Saturday, try to sequence those So no matter what, there's no games on CBS, NBC, or Fox wild card Saturday. Not on Saturday. It's big NBC and Peacock. Okay. And then on Sunday is going to be CBS, Fox, and NBC in some order. In some a order. usual Sunday, if you will. CBS, Fox, and NBC. And then, of course, ESPN, ABC has the Monday wild card. And then as you project ahead to divisional, uh, everybody's got one. CBS has one. Fox has one. NBC has one. And for the first time, ESPN and ABC are going to join us on divisional weekends. So and it'll be two games on Saturday, one. two games. Two Saturday, two Sunday. Sunday. No yeah, four thirty and eight on Saturday, three and six thirty on Sunday, and then come back championship Sunday. And we already know championship Sunday. CBS has the early game, the AFC. Fox has the NFC. They alternate every year. CBS you got to alternate Fox. every year. Um, yep. And then Pro Bowl games, and then Super Bowl in Vegas, dude. This is good. It's a blur, man. It went fast. Um, the season flew by. It did, but like, you you know, here we are before the season. You're like, all right, we're going to just put this all out there. We'll hope it. I got to say, Detroit, Kansas City, a lot of people rolled their eyes like, awesome game, right? Uh, it, it was good. And the Detroit Lions kind of made a statement early on. Thanksgiving Day games were great. Like, they all, they all were relevant teams and delivered. And then we had the big upset in the early window. Um, and then this... We're in for a stretch run right now where I thought... We're in for a great stretch right here. This is unbelievable. uh, This is going to be fun. Uh, All the games are going to matter. Look, to your point earlier about having everybody bunched up the way they are, you know, there's a couple of really, really, really good teams, and there's obviously a couple of teams that are looking ahead to next year. Everybody else is right there in the middle, right? 2022 teams throw a blanket over them. Every weekend, it's like a playoff game. And like you said, you could be the five seed one one day and the 11 the next. Look at Philly and Dallas flipping around between the two and the five. I mean, every game really matters, really impactful. And having more of them in windows where fans can watch them, think is a good thing, right? If they're all masked up on a Sunday at one o'clock, it's just hard to follow them all. It's hard to give them all the exposure they deserve. So kind of 
picking out the ones that we thought in May might be relevant, putting them in national windows, you know, didn't bat 100, but uh, a lot of good ones still to come. And this might be more of a Hans or Brian Rolap question, but this was the first year of the Sunday ticket on YouTube. There's been this universal praise for it. I fly on JetBlue back from LA to New York if you want to get into it. And they have uh, Sunday ticket and they have Red Zone. I don't miss an action at all. How has that partnership been in year one? Because from the viewer side and the fan engagement side, I think it's been pretty flawless. Yeah, look, which at the end of the day is what matters most, right? It's all about the fans who want to pay for this product, being able to experience it the way they want. Um, I've heard, you know, every day we talk about the the tiling where they let you kind of yep. watch whatever it is, four or eight games at a time. I know some folks are still wanting to set their own tiles, but that's probably coming someday. But yeah, to the best of my knowledge, um, you know, they're learning as they go. It's been 15 weeks down and, and still a couple more big ones to go. But for the most part, it sounds like technologically for anybody who was concerned about, um, you know, them being able to handle the traffic and handle the, the product. Um, I, I haven't really heard a lot of, you know, buffering issues or unable to find my game or any of that kind of stuff. And, you know, like we started this conversation, you know, the streamers, the yeah. digital partners, they're here to stay. They're they're nothing new. They're not going away. Um, and they're going to become, you know, viable homes for big NFL games. Are we going to put a, you know, an Eagles Chiefs? Are we going to put a really big one like that on a streaming platform and just kind of test where the ceiling is? Yeah, probably at some point. I yeah. mean, we talked a little bit about NFL Network, right? You talked about all those 930 a.m. games, you know, that Miami Kansas City game. That's the, one of the best Germany, games of the year. Best games of the year and really kind of showed you that there is broadcast level viewership out there for streaming partners. And that one's 930 in the morning and we still got to 10, 11 million. Did viewers, it get that so, high? Did it? it was, yeah, was it yeah, the with, most when you factor game? in the local? Yeah, by far, I think the most watched NFL uh, 930 a.m. game. Uh, not the most watched NFL Network game because you guys have, you know, you guys have wandered into Christmas Day here and there. Yeah. And every now and then, um, you know, you stumble into something big and fun and sexy on a big window like that. So. Um, there's been bigger NFL network games, but, but that there window. haven't been bigger 9.30 a.m. Eastern time games. So that kind of shows you, you know, for years it was, oh, let's make sure we don't deploy our best assets in that window because maybe you're not totally. getting maximum viewership. I'm not sure that's true anymore. Again, you're approaching broadcast level viewership for streaming services for the NFL. That's something none of us probably could have seen coming five years ago. And who knows what the world's going to look like five years from now, right? There's a lot of hand-wringing and a lot of, debate and it made for good off season, you know, angry calls on radio about Amazon being able to flex their Thursday night games. You guys did not do that this year. You didn't exercise it that year. We thought there was going to be some, some difficulties with a 28 day window to actually decide how to do it. Um, Brown's jets is coming up. Was there any discussion? Now you look at this. I know the jets aren't, aren't there, but maybe Rogers and the Browns are a story. Talk to your boy, man. Have Aaron play a half. Why not? Right. Show us him. he's healthy. Show us he, he did might, it. Dude. And, uh, he what might. everybody's whistle for what everybody's whistle for next year. He Give might. Look, even if even if Rogers doesn't play, even if um, you know Zach doesn't play, um, you know when we talk about primetime windows, you know we always said if this game is truly you know no longer relevant from a playoff standpoint, that's really where you start thinking about flexible scheduling. If one, hopefully both teams are still playing for something. You know, that game still feels like it's worthy of a national window. And for those who haven't watched Joe Flacco oh quarterback the Cleveland Browns this last month, the guy looks like he looked when he was taking the Ravens to yeah. Super Bowls. He looks the same, you know, 
big, tall, strong in the pocket, throwing dimes, and Cleveland's been good all year. They really have. Think of what they've been through with all their injuries. And I watched all their them beat the 49ers in the rain. Like they've done they it. Are, you know, with they DJ are Walker. Yeah, they are legit. Miles Garrett might be, you know, best player in the league. I don't know, but we'll we'll see. Anyway, to your point, <laughs> um, that game's still gonna matter on Thursday. And here we were just talking a minute ago about hey, every weekend yep. the league turns upside down. So to make a flexible scheduling decision four weeks out is tough. It's always going to be a challenge. And I think Roger, Commissioner Goodell, excuse me, was pretty clear with ownership when we got the vote. Um, This is this is a, you know, only in case of emergency. We flex Sunday nights once or twice a year. We've now flexed a Monday night. Thursday nights, I think the bars is significantly higher in part because of, you know, the days that you have to adjust for everybody. It's not just one day or a couple hours on a Sunday, but also it's guessing four weeks from now, which of these games are going to be playoff relevant. There's as good a chance as as any that, you know, Jets Cleveland is as good as we're going to get. So that didn't rise to the level of needing the flex. Cleveland's been playing really well. They deserve the national window. And like you said, this Rams Saints game, maybe earlier in the season was one that people were looking at like, Hey, that might be trouble. And now it's, pretty damn important in the NFC wild chart chase, not quite an elimination game, but the winner of that game's in a great spot. That one was always going to be hard. And this is really in the weeds because you already had committed. LA was playing at home Saturday night with the chargers. So if you were to flex that Rams game to Sunday, it would be literally hours after, but that's just me being one of the 0.001% who looks at schedules. (laughs) Also the 0.001% who are worried about things like that, but the Chargers and Rams play on consecutive days. The Jets and Giants yep. play on consecutive days. Um, we knew full well that, you know, a flex that week, having the Chargers not at home on Sunday, at least allowed for the possibility sure. of the Rams flex to Sunday if we wanted to. But again, four weeks ago uh, when we had to make the decision, we were hopeful that Saints-Rams was still going to be pretty impactful, probably more than we even could have thought. I mean, the Rams have been playing great, winning a lot of games. They gave Baltimore all they could handle in overtime. Uh, they're They're... They're playing as well as anybody right now. Did did you guys flex anything beyond last night's Monday night game? Has there been any other flexes this season? We've done some stuff on Sunday afternoons. It's not technically okay, flex, but, not but the it's Sunday always prime time or Monday. We haven't time. flexed the Sunday night game yet. Uh, we did one Monday night. Haven't flexed a Thursday. It would be ironic in a season with all the uncertainty, right? all the quarterback injuries, all the upheaval, to only have one prime time flex this year. Um, but again, I think that's indicative of, you know, where the bar is. We're not flexing to try to get an extra 25,000 or 50,000 viewers. We're not flexing to get out of a game with playoff implications into a game with better or more or bigger playoff implications. It's about here's a game in the primetime window that was put here in May. And by the time we're going to get there, both teams are eliminated from playoff contention. That's the one that we're not doing anybody any favors by leaving it in prime. It's not good for the home fans. It's not good for those two teams. Certainly not good for the television viewers, our broadcast partners. So haven't really had that one yet where the primetime game is, is quote unquote irrelevant. And I'm not even sure there is such a thing in this league. Every game matters. Well, everybody's playing for something. Um, and it's going to be a fun uh, stretch run down here. Two-part question. I will wrap in soon, but two-part question. Shoot. Last night, as Drew Locke, with less than two minutes left, is leading the Seahawks on a 92-yard, incredible game-winning drive to knock off the Eagles. Well, a day earlier, Chiefs-Patriots is kind of a dud of a game. Do you smoke a cigar, kick back, and say, correct flex, we did it, like, we nailed it? Is that is that the thing? Like, do you look for a pat on the back? Because you're not going to get one. But that was the right move, and a lot of people were like, how could you move Mahomes out of primetime? Well, the better game was actually Monday night. 
we're, we're not in the business of patting ourselves on the back. We're in the business of looking ahead and trying to figure out what we could do right, what what we could do better. Um, look, the game was competitive. That was great. Coming down to the wire, any fourth quarter game within one score is all any of us can ask for as viewers. And that was a pretty exciting ending. I'm not sure the answer to was the Monday Night Flex successful um, will be available until we really do a, a little more accounting with the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Seahawks. What was it like to change like you did? How was fan reaction? Was the building still full? Yep. Were there a lot of tickets on the secondary market? Um, you know, don't want to be reckless and haphazard with these flexes. But, you know, on the one hand, like you said, I think we got the better game into the bigger window. But you're right. And there's so Seahawks much more that goes into their it. Season, but there's a lot more that comes into it. I'm not sure we're done, you know, doing all the calculus yet until we talk to the Patriots, talk to the Seahawks. Um, look, last night looked full, sounded loud, awesome. uh, even in bad weather. That was part of what we were thinking, though, you know, just the same. You play a Seahawks game on Tuesday at noon, and I assume the place is going to be full and loud. Yeah. So uh, that all goes into what we're thinking. And again, you know, it's not just about the Monday night flex, but as you go back to the Sunday, that Chiefs-Patriots game ended up going into Sunday at 1 o'clock, which was a big game for Fox. They don't get a lot of Chiefs games, yeah. obviously, from the AFC. So that game still went to 70% of the country. It was a lead into Dallas-Buffalo, which wasn't as competitive as we'd hoped, but still probably got Hell 25 million people watching. Uh, and then you still got the Green Bay-Tampa game sliding over to CBS, so more fans could watch that one. And how about Baker Mayfield going in the Lambo so and putting up a 158? Um, they're going to be right there down the stretch as well. So... That one week worked out really well for everybody, but not done until we really talked to the Patriots and the Seahawks and find out how the fans were. Isn't reacted. it funny? You just real as an aside, like Tampa Green Bay, no one circled that game. Might have been the game of the week. Now you have Tampa Jacksonville this weekend, and it's like huge Monster. implications. If you were going back and drawing up the schedule in May, you might, you know, be kind and say it might have a major game, Tampa Jacksonville, week sixteen. And it's like that's why you can't write this. It's not scripted. You can't write this stuff. Nobody knows anything in this league, but like we said, I, I think this is the new normal, right? All the games are close, which is why, unfortunately, sometimes the officiating gets a little more scrutiny because one call feels like can really impact the game. Every game's close. Every team's good. And nobody knows anything. It's the beauty of this sport. So anytime you turn on the television, you're bound to see something you haven't seen before. Haven't seen Drew Locke lead a game-winning no. drive in, what, three years? Thousand, thousand days, I don't said. know if you saw it, but his post-game interview with Lisa Salter, so spectacular, amazing. man. And Lisa did a great job on it. She did. She did. She Instead was patient, of just the one quick she, question, she yep, waited, stayed she with it. She listened, which is good. Yep. Um, yep. The other part to that question is we had a, a dog of a Bears-Chargers game on Sunday night earlier this season that was, you know, it felt like a stadium was mostly Bears fans. Tyson Bajent wins, like— or did he win? I don't even know who won. It was in hindsight now. <laughs> he but did not. He did not win. The Chargers won. Do you guys, I know you're vulnerable and you guys say we make mistakes sometimes. Do you guys look at that and say, okay, that was one we should have, or it's not like that. It's just like, hey, move on. We're not going to beat ourselves up week to week as far as flexing goes. Yeah, look, don't forget that was week eight, right? No, nobody's, I'm trying nobody's to give you a hard hitting interview here. No, I, I understand. Look, when I say it was week eight, it, I, I don't mean like, hey, that was eight weeks ago. Why are you bringing it up? I mean, like it was week eight. Like, do you really need to flex in week right. eight? Is right. anybody really dead and buried? You think about the Lions last year with their start. You think about the Broncos this year, right? I think the Broncos were Sunday night a week or two later after Bears right. Chargers. Um, you know, again, flex is for when the game has 
truly no longer has playoff implications. Um, look, Tyson Bajan became a story there for a fun. minute, and it was kind of fun and interesting. That's been one of the weird things about this season, right? Some of these backup quarterbacks, like Tommy D here in New York, like some of these guys kind of either – you know, us being introduced to them for the first time or us remembering, oh, I knew that guy from college. Um, it, it's been fun to see these guys come on. Yeah, I don't know that any primetime window is rooting for, you know, backup quarterbacks. And again, in May, Justin Fields and uh, uh, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert uh, what do any of us know? I know. Uh, and then when you, as soon as you're right off the Bears, look at what they're doing down the stretch yep. here, playing hard and playing as Beat well the Lions. as maybe anybody in the NFC. Yep. They're going to have an impact on the wild card race too. They're not even out of it no, yet. No. So, um, yeah, do we look back on every decision we made as a scheduling team? Absolutely, yes. Um, is there time really to beat yourself up about it? No. Um, but does it factor in your thinking going forward? Maybe a little bit, you know, if NBC, you know, kind of has their hand out and say, Hey, don't forget, you know, we, we had bears chargers. We'd sure like that Cowboys game on wildcard weekend or whatever. Those are the kind of conversations that we're going to have over the next couple of weeks. That's so interesting. Like that's one of those they put in their back pocket and say, we ate it. We did that. We, we, you know, and then, Hey, Cowboys play the lions in the divisional. We'd love to have that one as opposed to Tampa versus San Francisco. I get yeah. it. I think that's interesting. How do you feed all those different mouths? Because I feel like everyone's got like uh, the Fox, the Fox A crew. I'm biased to Fox. They're my guys. They yep. have had so many blowouts this season. Yep. And it's just, it's by chance. It's just what it is. These games are good matchups. And then you get out there and it's San Francisco, Dallas. And it's, well, that might've been on NBC, but you know what I mean? It's just one after another. Um, do you start getting, Stuff from the networks now saying, "Hey, playoffs. We we want Cowboys, or hey, we we would love to have a little Chiefs action if there's a wild card round." Like, yeah, look, like we talked about, we're we're heading for a wild card weekend with some pretty pretty big brands and some pretty big stars. So I think we're gonna have. You would know, you some put more... Would you put AFC on Fox now that it's kind of wide open? We did that a couple of years ago, right? We do in a year where they've got multiple wild card games. Okay. The way it works for CBS and Fox is if you only have one in a weekend, it's going to be in your conference. If you have two in a weekend, one in your conference, the other one could be the opposite. So for this particular season with CBS and Fox, each only having one on Sunday afternoon, It'll be they're going to be conference affiliated. Same thing on divisional weekend. So um, we're not going to get the, the Chiefs game over to Fox, but they're going to end up with a really good game. Can't it's just go wrong. look at the NFC wild card picture. You look at the division winners now. You know, like you said, everybody one through 12 is a great story in the NFC. So we're going to end up with some, you know, pretty juicy apples, I think, on wild card weekend. And it becomes easier to dole them out to partners when they're all great. If you have a situation where you're like, oh, that's the one that nobody wants or that's the one that everybody wants. And if they don't get it, they're disappointed. That one's a little tougher. You know, moving Dallas-Tampa to Monday night last year was a pretty big testament to the power of Monday night football, to the strength of the simulcast, ESPN and ABC together. And it did, what, 30-something million? It did a monster number. Couldn't feel bad about it. But if you were the other partners, you were like, oh, well, I didn't get Dallas against Tom Brady. Whatever else you give me isn't going to be good enough. That's frustrating and disappointing. And we still had some great games on Wild Card Weekend. Um, So... Look, more juicy apples means more happy partners, um, but it's never about, you know, just this weekend or just you owe us one or just this season, right? These are 10-year broadcast deals. The goal here is for everybody to be strong and healthy, um, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years from now, not just this season. So it moves around. Sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle. This year, it seems like most of our partners are are up. 
year over year, which is a great position to be in for the schedule makers. Anybody who's down a little bit, hopefully they can make it up down the stretch here and maybe they get, you know, a, a little you know, less of a lump of coal in their Christmas stocking when we get to playoffs. And I'll so, say we'll see. it, you know, that whole thing about putting the Cowboys on Monday night, Buck and Aikman are really good. And that production yeah. crew is really good. It's, yeah. it's, it's a great product. So it doesn't feel like it's, Oh, this is cable TV. No, it's on ABC. Like it's, it's simulcasted now on, on, it doesn't feel like it's less than by any means. And truthfully, you know, what they did on that Monday night game with Eagles and Chiefs sending their whole pregame crew to Arrowhead and like having it all felt like an event. Fox does that every week. CBS does that every week. NBC yep. does it every week. ESPN in the last couple of years with Buck and Aikman, it feels like they, they're, they're fine getting any big game as well. Look, they've made a commitment, right, to their talent, to their broadcast crews and to, you know, when they roll out the circus, they roll out the circus, right? They bring radio, they bring internet, they bring a, a day of television. We talk about this all the time when you've got like a big storyline game and you really want a lot of attention to it. You know, you put it on a Sunday afternoon at one o'clock, it's going to get lost a little bit. You put it Sunday at 4.30, that's probably our most watched yeah. window. We're still getting 25, 28 million people there, but there's other games going on and you can't really lead into it because you're watching six or eight one o'clock games. Yeah. Sunday night, same thing. You got a whole day of, of football Sunday afternoon leading into Sunday night. But you clear out a Monday and you do an event, like you said, like Eagles Chiefs, you've got all day to build to it and then have the game actually, you know, rise up to that level was just perfect confluence, great set of circumstances and, and really good result and, and really fun game. My last question, I'm going to let you go because this is go. a holiday week and this is, I, I, you know, you and I can do that. We could do this daily. Uh, we could go all day, man. After I'm done talking to you, I'm going to have the same conversation with the commissioner if he'll see me. I love um, this. We got a lot of decisions still to make down the stretch. You know, I, I follow this stuff as much as the football. Um, the silver bullet is what? 30 million is like an amazing day. Like what's the number you look at? And is that still the metric, the Nielsen ratings the next morning? Because we put it out. I see the NFL will put it out and be like, you know, 35 million watch the Thanksgiving day games. And like, we, we puff our chest. We're like, hell yeah. But like, it's a different time now. There's all different ways to watch the games. What is this, the, the, the hallmark of like a great, great broadcast and a great viewing audience these days? Yeah. I'm not sure there's a number right. There have been really fantastic NFL games that happen to find themselves at one o'clock in the afternoon and maybe only eight or 10 or 15% of the country got to see it. Um, the beauty of this league, though, is how quickly our guys, whether it's NFL films with things like Hard Knocks or our social media guys or obviously NFL Network, like if you didn't get to see a game within minutes after the final gun, you can get a really good sense of what happened over the course of those three hours. And, um, you know, you ask what constitutes success. You know, I would tell you a game that was uh, high scoring, a game that was close, a game that didn't have, you know, any bad injuries or, or any officiating controversies played in like that nice tight three hour window so that we can get into the next window. Um, and, you know, the commissioner always talks about, you know, the team losing at halftime, coming back in the second half or the team behind in the standings, getting a win to tighten up the standings, um, you know, there's a lot of different descriptions of success, but, you know. At the end of the day, it's it's are people talking about it? Do they care? Are they engaged? Are our partners putting in the time and effort? Uh, are we promoting properly to make sure our fans know where to find the games here when they are in non-traditional windows or on non-traditional broadcast partners? Success is making sure that everybody knows where the game is and then hopefully they tune in and then hopefully once they get there, it's a really good product and a really close game. Whether it did 18 million or 25 million or 35 million people isn't as important as you know, are we maximizing the opportunity 
every time we kick off a game? And are we as a scheduling team, you know, doling out these juicy apples in a right way so that all the broadcast partners and all the fans feel like, hey, that seemed right, that seemed fair, um, and we're appreciative of the opportunity and give us another big game and we'll do our best on that one too. I'm ending with a pitch. Can I give you a pitch? Hit me. Go. What do you got? As our VP of broadcasting and scheduling and programming. Okay. So you guys might not think in Park Avenue that we, the viewer, or we, the football nerd, cares about who gets what broadcast team in the playoff game or when that playoff game is. You might just, for years now, it's during the Sunday night, second half, Collinsworth will roll out a graphic with Tarico, or back in the day it was Al Michaels. Like, all right, well, we just got this playoff schedule and it looks like this is, I think this stuff has March madness feelings to it of like that. That's can we get them out one at a time? Let me tell you, Mike, hear me out. If we, if we're going to make the schedule release, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Go ahead. Hit me. What's your idea? Sunday night after the Sunday night game that has just been, you know, wrapping up the regular everybody stay up till one o'clock in the morning. Everybody's up. Okay, fine. You West coasters. Uh, Okay. Everybody's up or you do it at halftime. You toss to me, yes, because I am pitching it, executive producer slash host. You, Ani Bose, Howard Katz, Roger Goodell in a room, okay? What's your scheduling room called after the schedule maker? What's it called? Foul Pinchback. Amazing. In that room with cameras. Then in Zoom windows, like you have Michigan and Duke and Rhode <laughs> Island, You've got Eric Shanks and Brad Zager in one box. You've got McManus and Burson and the CBS execs in another. You've got all the, the NBC, Mark Lazarus and Rick Cordella and, and, and Fred Godelli and you know Rob Hyland and those guys in another box. And then you've got your Burke Magnus, Norby Williamson, Jimmy Pitaro in another box. You've got four boxes. And you guys unveil... Who gets what game to the broadcast teams and to their executives in real time for the viewers to watch how that news goes down? Love it. Love it. You should, uh, you should pitch it to the boss, man. Oh, that, that, I'm going to get my, my five minutes with Roger Goodell, and that's what I'm pitching. <laughs> no, look, it's, an, it's obviously uh, an exciting time of year, and everybody's excited for that information. We're more focused on just getting it out as quickly as we can because it's a short runway to get ready for the most important game of the year. So I don't know that we're going to hold it till 1 a.m. for your TV show idea, but, um, you know, if to the extent that fans are interested in how the sausage gets made, uh, I think we've been a lot more honest, a lot more open, a lot more transparent over recent years. Um, I do think that there's a healthy fan interest, a healthy appetite. I'm not sure you want to see us at midnight after eight hours of Zoom. How cool would it be, though, if even if, if you guys came out after the game? Because I have a feeling this year, unlike other years, that Week 18 Sunday night game is going to matter, and like six different permutations are going to like change yeah. based on who. Look, we've been it. really lucky, right? The Week 18 now, week, week 18 now, Week 17 then, the Sunday night football game always seems to matter. After yeah. all these games, you always still manage to yeah. find yourself into that win and in game on Sunday night. Uh, we've been very fortunate and you're right. Just looking at how it's shaping up right now, you know, could be a Miami Buffalo, could be an Indy Houston, Ooh. could be a pit ball. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff at stake. I think Rams Niners is one of our week 18 games. There's going to be a lot of stuff 
uh, still to play for down the stretch. And yeah, it'll be really interesting. And and you're right. You know, you talk about, hey, let's get, you know, Rob Hyland and Frank Gadelli up yeah. in a box. You know, they're going to be busy producing they're Game 272. Sure. I'm not sure they're going to have the time and energy to to look away and, and argue on their behalf for wildcard scheduling. But um It'll be it'll be a fun stretch run. Hopefully, week eighteen if, has if everybody still in it. If you don't give me the, the NFL part. Network show to do it, or you don't give me it, we'll throw it on NFL Plus. What do you say? There you go. <laughs> Let's there go. go. Subscription. You should be the face. You should be the face of NFL Plus too, right? <laughs> right here. What uh, about games, man? You've been doing sidelines forever. Do you want to? You want to get in the? You want to get in the big chair? You want to do play by play? You want to do color? I did preseason for the Rams and the Jets as an analyst, and I was next to. Uh, an ex-player in both those, and I absolutely loved it. This year, I was hoping to do a sideline game. I wasn't assigned any of the NFL Network sideline games, so I was kind of bummed out. Um, I was thinking maybe I'd be spending my Christmas in Denver, but it's going to be James Palmer and Sherry Burris on the sidelines. I hope I get back in there. I do love doing it. Last year, I did Buffalo-Miami sidelines. I hit with a snowball. And yep. that's my, my highlight as a sideline there reporter. You go. Came right I hope out it's on like, social they media. They are throwing snowballs. They, they are, are folks. I can, confirm. <laughs> I can confirm. Let me hit you with a pitch before I let you go. Let me Come hit on. you with a pitch. You've seen that we are going to Brazil. Yes. Uh, first time ever, Sao Paulo. Not sure when we're going to play it yet. Still working with the you know international folks. I know some folks have written some things. Nothing set yet. Okay. Don't know so when that's game going to be. it's not week like we've seen. It, it could be. Yeah. It, it's absolutely a conversation. I'm not sure it's as far down the line as some people think it is. But we're playing in Brazil. If that game ends up on NFL Network, how about the Good Morning Football crew goes to Brazil and calls that game from the booth? All right. As you say that, I am already in my head, wheels in my head, have an amazing idea. I don't even know what that entails, but like the Good Morning Football crew in Brazil for a week leading up to it. Uh, sounds amazing. They do World Cups down there. They do Olympics down there. Wait till the NFL rolls into town and you four go in. Carnival, let's go. I'm going to clip this off. We're going to roll this <laughs> as now we're in the depths of winter. We're all pale. I'm 20 Just pounds overweight. We're going to play this on, your face. on NFL Network on Friday. I'm going to get Kyle, Jamie, and Jason's reaction to a uh, week in Brazil, courtesy of the fine schedule makers and your there team you over there, Mike. Uh, no further ado, we, uh, we'll wrap this up with uh, a thank you to the all work that you do and the dedication that you and your team have. I know you, Charlotte, um, Blake, obviously, Ani, everyone in that building, it's one of the most thankless jobs, but it is so, so important and we value you guys so much and I love our friendship, but also the amazing uh, work you do and how candid you are with me on when you come on the podcast. Always happy to talk to you. I love talking to people that, that want to know, that really care. And look, we're all fans. That part's great. But when you learn a little bit more about behind the scenes and how the sausage gets made. And then it all culminates with something big and fun like that Philly Casey game we talked about, or like hopefully Christmas coming up on Monday. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's some pride, but it it's fleeting and you know, what's next and it never ends. And um, it's, uh, it, it's the best time of the year enjoying it. I hope everybody else is enjoying it. And uh, you certainly know where to find me if you have any questions. Awesome. Mike North, one of our best guests, one of our regular guests, a friend of the pod, if you will. Have an awesome Christmas weekend, my friend. I know you're a family man, but be sure to be watching some football too, please. No, we'll be watching. <laughs> Take care, pal. Good seeing you. Awesome. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mike North is one of my favorite guests. Aaron, before we just recap it, I, I was talking about the Eagles and him and the Cowboys and the playoffs. Listen to this. This is a headline I just got texted as we do this on a Tuesday morning after the Eagles lost. If both the Cowboys and the Eagles each run the table, the NFC East will be determined by the fifth tiebreaker, strength of victory. And right now, the Eagles hold the edge on that. That is the NFL season in a nutshell. If both teams just take care of their business from here on out, the, the fifth. fifth tiebreaker, the fifth tiebreaker, and that will enforce. And the, the crazy part about it is that's not just like AFC South and the Cowboys don't lose at home. So if they lose out on the fifth tiebreaker, they have to go play three road playoff games before the Super Bowl. If they win it, they likely have two home playoff games and then a road NFC championship game at San Francisco. It, that's the season, dude. It's nuts. Um, Mike North, so good. What was your big takeaway on that that interview? I mean, as he was going through both the wildcard weekend games and even the things leading up to it. Like he was talking about week 18. Obviously, as a Bills fan, I'm focused on the Bills-Dolphins game that week. But there are so many good games. And that's that's not even me just like, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. Like there are so many games in 17 and 18 that really matter. And then all the wild card things, everything will be exciting. There's, there's not a game in there where I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be... I don't know, the Titans, you know, getting clobbered by the Ravens or something like it's yeah. they're all going to be good. Yeah. Uh, I love the dynamics of the networks. So when you start getting into who gets the Cowboys, right? Like it's the biggest ticket. Let's call it like it is. And like, how do you, how do you feed all those mouths? And then I remember a couple of years ago, Buck and Aikman were on Fox and Aikman openly was bitching about 
you know, I made a joke. He didn't bitch about it on the air, but you know, he made a joke as the Eagles were blowing out the Buccaneers. He's like, Oh, 49ers, Cowboys, two NFC teams would have loved to have had that game. And it was on CBS, like all these things. And there's all these different mouths to feed and billions of dollars at play. Who gets what game? And when is that game? Um, so that was cool. And I, I don't think my pitch was that crazy, you know, just with the NFL that's looking to monetize and broadcast every single little thing, whether it be inside training camp or NFL kickoff weekend or the schedule, you're telling me fans finding out when their team and wh what network their playoff game is going to be on. Does not matter? I don't know. I think it's pretty good, pretty sexy. And I also, I'm here for the Brazil trip. I don't see it happening yet, but I'm here for the Brazil trip. I don't like to get myself too excited about things. Uh, I like to stay, stay grounded, but Brazil sounds pretty good. I'll, I'll be wearing a, I'll wear a thong bikini that whole week if we get to go to Brazil. How's that for a statement? Mm, well, maybe I'm less excited for the Brazil trip now. Yeah. 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 Don't worry. It's the podcast. The podcast will be right, uh, audio only. No, no video. Um, <laughs> on that note, let's give our uh, award away for the week. We're having fun with these. This is The Season with Peter Schrager. And this is Delivering Results presented by Uber Eats. And the person I want to shout out who delivered results this weekend was... Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, second straight win. Flacco down 10 in the fourth quarter, finds a way to lead his team to a victory. And the Cleveland Browns find themselves nine and five on the season, comfortably in a wild card spot right there behind the Ravens in the AFC North. And the Joe Flacco led Browns, Flacco, 38 years old, off the couch. How fitting with Uber Eats as the sponsor. I'm sure he experimented and dabbled a little Uber Eats over the past 12 <laughs> months. We're going to go with Joe Flacco as our guy who has delivered results. And that is delivering results presented by Uber Eats, where you can get almost, almost anything. The official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL order now. And I want to give a quick shout out to one of the very important behind-the-scenes people uh, at this podcast, The Season with Peter Schrager. Her name is Carly. She's from the iHeart team. And Carly's on the IR right now. She had uh, she had an injury, and we know that she's recovering, but I'm a huge fan of all the folks at the iHeart squad, and Carly has been a big part of this show. I'm told she listens to the program, and uh, she's making a very nice recovery. So we hope to have her back on the field real soon. And Carly, you better believe it. Uh, we hope to... To, to have you back up and running. And I'll tell you what, if you need some Uber Eats, I'm your guy. I will order you some, whatever you need. Uh, we need you back on the field soon, but uh, we're thinking about you, Carly. And on that note, uh, another episode of the season with Peter Schrager. Many thanks to Mike North, who dedicated way too much time to this silly little podcast. I know he's a busy man, uh, but we really enjoy it. And I enjoy all the feedback from listeners. I'm not uh, tooting my own horn here when I'm saying that DeVito... Stilato stuff last week. It was, oh, I know the agent. Let's have him on. And I think it was a, the first real window uh, that we got to Sean Stilato. And then he was the story of the week. And we like to set the agenda, like to set the tone, and we like to give you guys a peek inside. I can assure you, not everyone's talking to Mike North this week on the, on the eve of a very important three-week stretch for the NFL and then the playoff run. Um, proud of this podcast. Proud of you, Aaron. Proud of Jason English here. And proud of all the people who work on it, but also so grateful for the listeners as we head to the holiday season. Everyone, please have a great Christmas, uh, great New Year, and uh, as always, be safe as we watch our football over the weekend. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 